Morning Hotspot. On this episode of Victoria's POD, Jack joins the podcast for the good thing because Walters doesn't know how to read show notes. Week 5 in the NFL is about to kick off and football fans are wondering if certain teams will be playing football this weekend. Walters and Jack will also highlight the home team's first win and all of the fantasy news and notes that you need to know about. Victorious POD starts right now. Maybe if I uh, actually took the mute buttons off my stuff, uh, people would actually be able to hear me. Okay. So I was trying to just riff and dance a little bit. Yeah, you know, that was perfect. Actually, I'm gonna re. I'm just gonna restart the whole intro again. Hey, what up, Pod Squad? It's Thursday night. It's Thursday, October eighth, twenty twenty. We've got Thursday night football going on right now. Um, I believe the Bucks and the Bears are playing, and the Bucks are up ten rip right now. Is that correct, Jack? That is correct. That is correct. Uh- awesome. Quick little touchdown to Mike Evans. Whoop, whoop. Fancy for this guy. All right, so we are the victorious POD, and I'm actually going to keep bringing this music down just a little bit more. Okay, so we are the victorious POD, and what we are is we are a podcast and a stream for the Victoria's Secret Fantasy Football League, but we also dedicate over half of our podcast to general fantasy football players like yourself, so we thank you so much for joining us. Um, I'm Ryan Walters. The guy next to me is Jack Vickers. Jack, say hi to all the folks out there in YouTube land. Hello, folks in all of the YouTubes. We would like to thank you very much for checking us out. You can find us here on YouTube. You can also find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash the victorious POD. From there, they distribute our podcast out to uh, Spotify and all those other great great podcast platforms if you do not want to watch us on the video i would like to say thank you to levi Oki, who created our wonderful wonderful artwork which we completely defaced last week with josh's picture jack were you upset about that uh it threw me off a little bit i mean josh is more attractive than me so it's probably for the best <laughs> um I'm not going to get in between that argument. I think you both are very, very handsome <laughs> men and way more better looking than I am. So um, I'm just not going to start. Uh, I'd also like to thank Garlic Johnson. He has helped us out lots. He has inspired us. He has helped us. Thank you, Garlic. 
If you guys would like to contribute, please, please watch us live. Interact with us live. We had a lot of um, interaction last week from Ryan Herman and Alex. It was great. Jack, you stepped in a little bit. We had our artist, Levi Oki. He was watching us up a little bit. We, I mean, that was, that was awesome. If you want to interact with us, there are multiple ways. Like I said, you can interact with us live on the chat. You can send us an email at victoriouspod at gmail.com. You can also send us a message on Twitter. Follow us on Twitter at victoriouspod. And like I said before, you can find us on Anchor at anchor.fm slash thevictoriouspod. Leave us a voicemail there, um, and we will play it back on the episode following. Jack, what's going on, man? Anything new? I know that you had your bachelor party. How did your bachelor party go? I did. Uh, when you were talking about those YouTube comments, I may or may not have been a little, uh, not all the way there, but uh, it was good. It was a great time. I was really pumped with the people that were able to make out. I know it was kind of a tough thing with all this stuff going on in the world, but lots of fun. Um, beautiful cabin we stayed in that was huge and uh, lots and lots of games. So I'm all about that. Heck yeah, man. Um, nothing wrong with the nice weekend of uh, partying. I know it was your bachelor party, and I really hope that you had a great and safe time. I'd also like to announce right now that it is not only your birthday, Jack, so happy birthday, Jack, but a non-listener of our podcast, member <laughs> of our league, Jay Frank. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, birthday, boys. Please subscribe to our podcast on YouTube. I could use Or just listen, you know, for five or, minutes. One or of the listen, two. yeah. Or maybe participate. You know, your, your <laughs> fantasy season has not been going very well. Speaking of subs, we do have 37 subscribers, so we are up two from last week. Whoop, whoop. We are very, 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 very thankful, and we are very appreciative of you following our podcast. Please, if you like what you see and you like what you hear, please send it out to friends, family. We need all the subs we can get. We are going to 100 subs so that we can get that custom URL on YouTube www.youtube.com slash the victorious pod would be lit i would love 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 to get it last episode we had better timing we're going to see if we can keep that up this intro has gone pretty long so we're actually going to scooch right into the fan interaction zone like i stated before you can send us an email you can leave us a voicemail you can follow us and leave us a, a comment on twitter text or submit your ideas to the podcast like if you have a game idea if you have a water bet if you have a purchaser pass or maybe even a suggestion for swimming upstream please send it in to us and we will try and feature this on the show we do have a voicemail again this week for purchaser pass that is going to be coming up jack um i loved your youtube comment from last week when you said that you died uh, seeing me dance at the end of the episode. That was a lot of fun. I don't know why I did it. I just decided to do it on a whim. <laughs> a lot of fun. We did not have any emails or Twitter messages this week. So that means we are going to get rolling in to Bits or Bites. And that means you get to talk for a little bit. And I get to eat. Speaking of eating, Jack, do you have any snacks uh, for us this week? I do. Um, we went out to dinner. So I'm kind of running into the food coma right now. So I need a little uh, little boost myself here so i got some red bull going mm. and uh christine's mom actually swung by for my birthday today and just dropped off like a box of candy so i got a little uh little dark chocolate apparently it's good for the heart and i'm uh, i'm getting older now so yummy 
That's yeah, how old with. are you now? Do you want to give that out in YouTube land? Do you want to, or do you prefer not to say anything? I am 12. Well, perfect. All right. My uh, lovely no, wife. I'm 27. Okay, 27. I love it. My lovely wife came through for me again. She made me these. Um, I don't know if you can see them. They are like, uh, so I went and bought cinnamon rolls, the Pillsbury cinnamon rolls, and she topped Ooh. them with apple pie filling. And so I've got like this nice little apple cinnamon. Uh, Nicole, the MVP. Treat. Yeah, it's delicious. Um, I I love when she bakes. It's delicious. You're just gonna be eating the whole time, and I'll have to just throw it to myself. Uh, yeah. If you can just talk for yourself for the next hour, that'd be perfect. Um, to wash it down, <clears throat> I've got myself. It's a brand new beer I've never drank before. It's called. Mm. Uh, it's called. Um, it's from Insight Brewing. It's called Trollway, and it's a citrus. India Pale Ale. Let's see if I can get that there. Um, I don't normally drink pale ales. I'm a huge stout guy, but Citrus India yep. Pale Ales are delicious. So I will be. Mm. Also, to note, there is an alcohol content of 7.0. So if I start slurring my words, that's going to be a problem. Oh, no. All right. We are going to be moving on. So, Jack, what is happening in the NFL this week? Why don't you start it off first, bud? Yeah, so don't like to have to keep talking about this week to week, but uh, COVID is is still a thing. Um, the Titans yep. are managing to still ruin football. So we're up to, I believe, 13 players and like 10 personnel members from the Titans team alone that have it. So they're running on like half their entire team at this point. So I am still waiting to see if the game's going to happen or not. It's looking a little bit more uh, nerve-wracking. Um, I know Cam Newton also go down with it last week, but Stephon Gilmore, kind of the quarterback of the defense, also did it. Uh, there are a few pictures of him post-game hugging Pat Mahomes, so everybody's in fear for the um, reigning Super Bowl champ. So just kind of keep watching and waiting and holding our breath. Hopefully uh, COVID doesn't get too worse. Hopefully they can keep it under control. It's going to get interesting. Um, you and I were talking kind of how they're going to work it or how we're making – we had two Monday night games last week. We're going to have more primetime games because of it. I mean, I'm in favor of that, but uh, just hope we keep the season going at this point. So that's yeah, one good thing. There was, uh, there was um, a guy who also uh, came up on the um, from the Las Vegas Raiders who was put on the COVID-19 list. Uh, this is mm-hmm. when this when this broke. It was also when I believe it was on Monday, maybe Tuesday. I can't remember. I doesn't matter. It was right around the same time that Fantasy Life update came up that more Titans players had tested positive. And so when you see this come out, it's like, holy crap. I mean, not that this guy from the Vegas Raiders has tested positive, but the fact that he's on the COVID-19 list and now you're seeing more teams pop up on these COVID-19 reserve lists, it just starts to make you think, like, are we going to be able to play the NFL this season? And Mm -hmm. with the uh, Bills and the... Uh, Tennessee game. Thank you. The Titans, Titan, yeah. Titans and Bills game this weekend. If it's going to be postponed or not, nobody knows yet. And hopefully they'll figure it out soon because I know that is just a nightmare for my lineup since I have Josh Allen and I need him to play. So there's yeah. that. What else is going on? Um, another unfortunate one we're going to get into a little bit later, but the, the season of injuries is still upon us. Um, yep. Missing uh, training camp and just people not out, not having the full time to warm up has definitely hurt. There's something I came across. I saw, I think Field Yates tweeted it the other day, but um, 
Speaking of one injury, not fantasy relevant, but Chase Young, the the number two pick for the uh, Washington football team, uh, got a groin injury. He's going to be out for a few weeks. Field Young tweeted out how the trend of uh, number two draft picks has just been a curse lately, kind of like an Madden curse. So the last six years, I'm going to run through quick where they're all at currently. But 2015's number two pick, Marcus Mariota, currently on IR. 2016, Carson Wentz is leading the league in interceptions. 2017, Mitch Trubisky got benched a couple weeks ago for Nick Foles. 2018, Saquon tore his ACL. 2019, Nick Bosa tore his ACL. 2020, Chase Young, groin injury, out for several weeks. So don't get drafted second. Okay. Um, and then lastly, um, I think one of the other big things that I'm kind of watching going in is just there's uh, there's several teams that are kind of the surprise three and four win teams. So they've either got three wins or four wins um, that I don't think a lot of us expected coming into the year to be some of the powerhouses so far. So looking at teams like the Bears, the Titans, the Colts, um, and the Browns, kind of just wondering if they'll keep it going, if uh, everybody's preseason predictions for division winners is going to be wrong or who's going to stay and who's going to fall off. So um, one, watching for them and then go ahead, finish I shouting out my shouting out my uh, game of the week to watch and my game of the week to not watch uh, game of the week to watch. I'm looking forward to the Bengals and Ravens. Uh, the Ravens have a great defense and they've obviously got the MVP, but Burrow finally got his first win last week and has looked great. So I think that'll be real exciting. And then I am intently trying not to watch the Jaguars and the Texans with a combined one and seven record. Um, waiting on Deshaun Watson to show us something this year, but uh, surprisingly Gardner Minshew actually has more yards and touchdowns than him. And James Robinson has more yards and touchdowns than David Johnson. So would not have expected that, but I don't want any part of that game either way. Right on. Uh, We're circling back real quick to your surprise. I'm going to guess that the bears, since they are doing the, I wouldn't say the flip-flop at quarterback, but it's only, it is week five and they've already moved on to Nick Foles, their backup quarterback. I personally cannot see them keeping up on the pace that they have been at. I think darker times are ahead for the Chicago Bears. I'm not sure if you agree or not. That is just my thoughts on the matter. Oh, I absolutely agree. I'm not not a fan of them. (laughs) Right on. All right, we're going to be moving on to the Minnesota Vikings. Minnesota picked up their first victory. Hallelujah. 31-23 over Houston. Um, what did you see out of the offense? Do you think um, Cook looked great? Do you think Justin Jefferson looked great? I mean, why don't you give us a quick breakdown of what you think about the offense? Yeah, um, a few things I noticed. Uh, I mean, Dalvin Cook has just not let his foot up off the gas at all. He had another dominant game with, I think, 130 yards and two touchdowns. So you can do that with your running back. Most games, you're going to be able to control game flow and just kind of be seat. Um, Cousins took it all really well. Didn't turn it over at all. I think he had 260 yards and one touchdown. So not a lot of scoring, but he got us in position for Cook to to do the dirty work. So it was a good game out of Cousins as a bounce back. Um, back-to-back weeks of that of uh, Justin Jefferson with 100-plus yards. I think he did it on four catches. So awesome to see him kind of step up as the clear number two. So waiting to see, like, can he continue this? Is he going to be for real? Like, is he going to potentially have more opportunities just because Thielen's going to draw coverage away? Um Curious to see if he's going to actually pan out to be, you know, a real digs replacement. Like, can he be as good as him or better or worse? I mean, can I step to see in on real that? Quick? And then, yeah, go ahead. Um, repeat or take a seat. Um, Justin Jefferson, hundred receiving yards. Next, this game for the for this game, correct? I mean, hundred hundred yards is really really tough to do. So it's Seattle awesome he's defense. done it twice. I expect him to be involved 
And I know the Seahawks defense is bad and their offense is really, really good. So we'll probably have to throw a lot, but I think I'll probably take a seat. I think he's going to be close with probably 70 or 80 yards and plenty of opportunities, but that's, that's tough to, to guess on. The biggest thing to me is going to be the offensive line. Can the offensive line give Kirk the time to be able to throw that ball to throw open Justin Jefferson? Because Justin Jefferson, like you said, he seems to be taking on that Diggs role, which is your deep streaking down the field type of type of player. And to be able to do that, Kirk Cousins needs to have time in the pocket to be able to throw that. And yes, last week was a major improvement to be able to do that. Actually, he's been doing it over the last two weeks, getting that ball to Justin Jefferson. But uh, from what I've seen over the last, not even this season or last season, but uh, the last three seasons, our offensive line has not, our offensive line play has not been good. And I just don't think that we can rely on it. So that is my major concern with Justin Jefferson getting the yards um, that he ne- that we need so that Adam Thielen can remain open and hopefully get Irv Smith involved into the passing game as well. Let's talk a little bit about the Texans. They're now 0-4 and B.O.B., that is Bill O'Brien, he got fired. Uh, what are your initial thoughts on that? I think it's a long time coming. I don't think he should have been in the league. I think everybody saw the last few general manager decisions he's made. I mean, you trade DeAndre Hopkins, arguably the top receiver in the league, just on pure talent alone for nothing against David Johnson, but he did not look great last year. And you're going to trade a, a young proven talent for somebody who's on the older end of a running back of the running back. So um, I thought it was interesting though. It came out a little bit earlier this week that part of the reason why I guess he was fired, there was a huge altercation or interaction with him and JJ Watt, like screaming at each other and fighting on the practice field. And that's come after the last couple of weeks, I guess, where, other personnel in like the front office and stuff have gotten into fighting with him um, lately as well. So I thought it was kind of cool. Like the uh, whole JJ Watt fight led to a whole player revolution and rebellion saying, we want this guy out of here. So arguably the most important sack of JJ Watt's career, getting rid of Bill O'Brien. Yeah. um, It's tough. Some of his, some of his moves that he's made, like I really am questioning him getting rid of, um, Who's that stud defensive um, player that went to Seattle? Is he in Seattle? Jadavian uh, Clowney. Is he in Seattle now? He yeah. was, and now he's on uh, Tennessee. Okay, now he's with Tennessee. All right, and then um, trading DeAndre Hopkins. I think that probably was your final nail in the coffin. I mean, when he traded him, it made me wonder, like, if there is some dirt on DeAndre, like, why, why are you getting rid of the most dynamic wide receiver in the NFL? And, like, you're literally getting... You're getting a running back, in my opinion, that is in the twilight of his career. I mean, maybe not in the twilight, but he is not yep. he is not worthy of what DeAndre Hopkins brings on the field. Uh he is a he's he's a running back that has injury issues and he has just not performed at the level that he did um in his first few years at Arizona. So I think that that move right there was probably one of the last nails in his coffin. Uh who is to know? If you're ready to move on, I'm ready to move on to uh, Sunday Night Football. All right, so we got the Seahawks, 7.20, um, Sunday night, 7.20. We have the Seahawks in Seattle. Uh, Jack, what do you you see in this game? Uh, I see that it's going to hurt a lot. It's not going to be pretty. Um, We're talking about potentially the early MVP favorite, whether you, whether you prefer him or Rogers or even Josh Allen right now, but Russell Wilson is cooking and he's doing it real well. Um, so it's kind of just like a situation where you're like unstoppable force meets 
very movable object in the Vikings. Yes, I think Russell's probably going to do whatever he wants on the field, unfortunately. Yep. Um, game, I think our only hope is for us to control the clock. So, like, run the ball as much as we can. Get the ball into Cook's hands. Get Cook Cousins going early, like some little passes and uh, easy things. Because you can see every week that he started off slow, it's gotten worse and worse. If it's going right away, he's in rhythm. He's better. So get the ball into Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Irv Smith's hands. Hope one of them breaks something. Um, Otherwise, though, I'm pretty worried. I don't think I see us upsetting Seattle this week. I mean, they're 4-0 for a reason. It sucks that we have to play them coming off of our first win. So, like, being in this position is not pretty because you don't want to fall to 1-4, and four, but you're probably not supposed to win this game. So, um, yeah, I'm probably going to predict that we're going to lose by multiple scores here. So, I'm thinking, like, 34-20. to 20. The only way that that doesn't happen is if our defense uh, finally gets some pressure on a quarterback. Yep, I think it's going to require our defense to step up big time, and I believe our offensive line is going to have to hold up like they did last week to be able to give Kirk Cousins the time to be able to get the ball out and to pave the way for Dalvin Cook to do what Dalvin Cook does, and that is run over people. That second touchdown run that Dalvin Cook had last week was sick. I can't believe he he almost he held he had his left hand hold him up, and then he stiff armed a guy going into the end zone. That dude is a beast. Yep. I love me some Delvin Cook. All right, moving on. Mm-hmm. We've got the Tampa Bay Bucks. They played the Los Angeles Chargers. They beat them 38-31. The GOAT, Tom Brady, threw five. Yes, one, two, three, four, five touchdowns to five different targets, Jack. Tell me about it. What do you what did you see? What'd you like? It was so beautiful. Uh the GOAT, huge comeback once again. I think it's the forty-sixth time I read that Brady's kind of had a winning drive in the regular season. So fourth quarter overtime. Um just unbelievable. Like he's he still looks great. This is like vintage Tom Brady where people were talking, is he gonna fall off a cliff every year being old and older? Is he not gonna figure out what the offense? I know he had a bad week one, but like this is what Tampa Bay brought him in for. So being down, I think, by seventeen points. And then coming back and throwing for 369 yards and five touchdowns. Every single one of them was to a different receiver, and that was with Chris Godwin out. Uh, O.J. Howard was lost. Um, Fournette wasn't playing. They threw to Keyshawn Vaughn, or like third or fourth string running back. Like he's just made a career out of being able to spread it to different guys and making um, making the passes to no-name receivers look great. So awesome to see there. Um, on the other side of the ball, Herbert still looks really, really good. Um, I think he was 10 yards away from having his first three career starts be 300 plus yards. And I mean, he's not turning the ball over. He's getting like deep pass connections. He's looking really, really solid. So with him keeping this up, we're obviously looking great. I think this quarterback class could end up being one of the ones that you talk about. Like I know the the running back class with uh, McCaffrey and Cook and Mixon and all, all of them is always the example. But this could be one of those quarterback classes that like five, 10 years from now, you've still got three, four guys that are like key franchise players. So Exciting to see Herbert doing really, really well. And then uh, speaking of the Tampa Bay offense again, Ronald Jones gets 111 yards uh, with four net out. I think he ran for like 5.6 yards a carry. So when he gets the chances, he's doing great. But obviously four net did well too. Um, it's never a bad thing to have two solid running backs on your your team that's also a great passing offense. But uh, just kind of still worried to see who's the guy week in and week out there. Right on. We are going to be moving on to, as of right now, Tampa Bay is playing Chicago like we stated earlier. The Bears have the ball. It is the second quarter. There's seven minutes left in it, and the Bucks are leading 13 rip. Uh, pa- uh, touchdown 
reception to Mike Evans from Tom Brady. Uh, Jack, real quick, just a few notes that you wanted to think about going into the game, then we're going to move on. Yeah, um, really quick. The one cool thing I found was uh, this is apparently the first time ever that two quarterbacks who played each other in the Super Bowl back when Foles was with, was with the Eagles um, versus Brady's Patriots. It's the first time that two guys that played in the Super Bowl are going to be facing off again, but both of them playing for new teams. So kind of a, an interesting rematch, which, you know, you don't, usually, you don't ever get to see this is the first time for it. Um, coming in, I was a little bit worried because I know Evans was banged up. He is playing right now, which is good, but... Scotty Miller is also banged up with a hip and playing. Chris Godwin's out with a hamstring. Uh, LaShawn McCoy's out with an ankle. Fournette was doubtful. He's playing, but limited. And OJ Howard's out for the season. So, I mean, Brady came to Tampa Bay with being in love with all the weapons. And there's so many guys that he just hasn't had a full healthy squad yet this year. So, hopefully they get a little bit healthier and he can actually have a full lineup going in. Um, but I think this game is probably going to continue to be more of like a ground and pound thing with Ronald Jones and then... Maybe this is the week Gronk gets involved. I mean, by default, everybody else is getting hurt. So waiting to see that. Um, I, my prediction before the game started was a 27-17 Tampa Bay win. They're up 13-0, so they are looking pretty good so far, and I think we'll be fine. Right on. All right. Thanks, Jack, for that. We are going to be moving on to our NFL Pick'em last week. Jack, he is 3-1 and one right now. He is crushing me. He had the pick correct with the Los Angeles Rams over the Giants. Oh, that score was 17-9. to And I was wrong again with Dallas losing to Cleveland. I am now 0-4. Jack, um, this is pretty rough. Um, I believe you think that I am just cursing whoever he picks. So we'll see what happens. Jack, why don't you just tell me your pick right now? My pick is going to be the Dallas Cowboys uh, this week over the Giants. Um, Dallas is better than 1-3. Uh, two of their games, they lost by three or less points, and three of them have all been within one score. So with their offense being one of the best in the league and the Giants not being able to do anything offensively, I don't think there's any way they'll keep up. So Dallas locked and loaded. I would agree. I think Dallas would be able to have a rebound or uh, bounce back week. Uh, my pick this week is Seattle over Minnesota. I picked them for two reasons. Number one, you think my you picks are cursed. You think my picks are cursed, so maybe this will work out if I lose. That's great. That means the Minnesota Vikings won. If I win, that means I finally get on the board. Uh, so Seattle number um, has the number one quarterback in fantasy right now. If not, if he's not number one, he's he's got to be number two. He's definitely in the MVP. Uh, Russell Wilson is definitely in the MVP running. He's got amazing wideouts in David Moore. Uh, he's also got Tyler Lockett. He's got DK Metcalf. Um, and, and then he's got Chris Carson as well. So his their offense is just rolling. The biggest thing is the Seattle defense. If Minnesota can take advantage of exploiting the Seattle defense, I think it's going to be a fun game to watch. Uh, but we will see. So my pick is Seattle over Minnesota, and we are going to see what happens. So we're going to be moving on to our fantasy outlook segment of the podcast. Uh, we're going to be starting it off with injury prone and like um, – Jack mentioned earlier from the um, Tampa Bay Bucks, um, Godwin's out, uh, LaShawn McCoy's out, Fournette is out, OJ Howard is out. Um, moving on to other teams, uh, Cam Newton's on the COVID list still. Nick Chubb went to IR with his knee injury. Austin Eckler is on the IR with a hamstring injury. 
Julio's got a hamstring. So does Noah Fant. So those are some of the players to look out for. Most likely, uh, none of those players will be playing this weekend. But nonetheless, make sure you check out your lineups before you put those players in. Moving on, we've got Jack's Tater Tot Hot Take of the Week. Jack, what happened last week? Yeah, um, let's see. We'll run through them. Uh, the first one was me guessing after a meh kind of last couple of weeks, Lamar Jackson comes out and dominates this week with a top five quarterback week and a top 20 running back week, um, which just basically meant I thought he was going to get a lot of it done with a uh, rushing game. So I was correct on that. Um, tied I, Lamar was tied for the QB five. So just barely made it and then hit 11.3 rushing points with a touchdown, luckily, which was good enough for running back 17. So dead on the money with both of those there. Number two, I guessed uh, David Montgomery, who was going up against the Colts defense, which has been lights out this year. I expected him to get more involved with the passing game, uh, matching his season-high catches and being a top 15 running back. I was wrong, mostly. Um, he had seven and a half points, so not uh, not running back 15, not very close, but he tied his season-high catches, which, you know, eh. So wrong there. And then my last bold one. After averaging 3.9 points a game all season, this is the week that A.J. Green goes boom with 80 yards and a touchdown. That was incorrect, and we'll just move on from that one. Not even close. <laughs> Can I do the celebrity shot? Yeah, go ahead. Right on. Josh Josh predicted on our podcast last week, actually on Saturday morning, that Tanyan would have 50-plus yards and a touchdown by the first half. I'm not sure if he got the 50 yards and the touchdown by first half, but overall... Tanyan had 98 yards receiving and three tutters. Josh, what a pick. I'm probably going to have you on this podcast more often since you can probably provide more accurate information than I ever could. So we'll just keep an open line of communication there. Jack, what do you got cooking up for us this week on your tater tot hot take of the week? We need to drop for that, by the way. Yes. This three this week I have three. My first one is a little bit selfish, but uh, going back to the trade, that I made with the aforementioned uh, birthday bro slash person who doesn't listen to our pod. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, I'm predicting that he returns this week and outscores Emmanuel Sanders straight up. Uh, for context, why this is a little bit bold, uh, Bell is actually currently still on the IR and hasn't been taken off yet, so there's no guarantees. Um, he's limited practice right now, so they're hoping. Um, meanwhile, there's also not a guarantee that Michael Thomas comes back this week, so if he's out, Sanders is still going to have more looks. Um, I'm banking, hopefully, that... Michael Thomas is back, and either way, Sanders hasn't done a lot without him. So um, my only fear is that Bell does return, which he should. Do they limit him? Do they, you know, make him get hit a little bit less and just kind of see how he does? And also Sam Darnold's out this week. So there's not going to be a lot of opportunities, but I think this week will at least prove that Bell is going to be a better option the rest of the year Real from quick, that trade. Who is replacing Sam Darnold? Uh, Joe That's Flacco. all we need to know. That's fine. That's all we need to know. Nobody cares. All right, moving on. What's your yeah. next Tater Todd hot take? Yeah, gross. Number two, um, Austin Eckler is out this week. He's going to probably be out for several weeks with the hamstring issues. So Joshua Kelly has kind of been the 1B to his 1A punch so far. So a lot of people are thinking this is Joshua Kelly moving up now. But um, I am predicting that Justin Jackson, not Joshua Kelly, is the one that's going to shine this week. Um, Jackson's been great when he plays. I think he had like a 6.9 yards per carry in college. He's had zero fumbles in, in his NFL career while Kelly's fumbled back-to-back weeks just this year alone. Um, and I think Jackson's a better pass catcher in that offense, so he can kind of fill the Eckler role more. So I picked him up for uh, a little cheap on the budgets that we'll get into later, but uh, 
expecting he's going to do some good stuff this week. All right, real quick, before we move on, can you give me a number, a running back number that you predict that Justin Jefferson, or I'm sorry, Justin Jackson will top this week? What running back position, or what running back number do you have? Let's throw out a number. You think he's top 20? Uh, if you want me to be bold, I will RB2? say he's top. What? what? RB2. Do you think he's an RB2, top 24? Say that again. Yeah, yeah, I think he'll be top 20 for sure. I think whoever gets the carries in that offense is going to be like top 15 to 20. Okay, all right, right on. I like that. All right, moving on to your last point. Number three, um, probably hasn't seen as super bold, but just basing it off of how the season's gone so far, I'm guessing that Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, the rookie darling in the first-round pick, has a dominant top 10 week after three straight weeks of 64 yards or less rushing, which is surprising. Um, I'm guessing this week he's probably going to have more like 100 total yards and like two scores. He hasn't even been an RB1 currently through the year. He'd be like RB14, so now we're both, most people would have drafted him. But the scoring opportunity hasn't really been there in a high-scoring Chiefs offense, so I think that can change on a dime. He's done really well with the touches he's had and all his missing touchdowns, so if he gets one or two, he's instantly in the top 10 to me. Okay, so if he gets in the end zone, he's going to be a top 10 rusher this week. Is that what you're saying? I think he's going to be a top 10 period, but yeah, that's based on me thinking he scores on me. All right, right on. That's Tater Tot Hot Take. We're going to be moving on to Swimming Upstream. Jack, what is going on this week with Swimming Upstream? Oh, Swimming Upstream, I am so happy about this week. I looked when we were up at the... um, the bachelor party because I knew you guys were going to be talking about it. And I was like, Ooh, I wonder like what they're going to say or if they're going to have their own thing. And I saw Jared Goff was still in there, but uh, I believe Jordan picked him up on like Thursday or Friday. That's so right. I was like, Oh shoot, I want to cheat and have somebody that's actually picked up. So I went to look and saw that Foster had dropped my boy, Tom Brady on Thursday night. So I was like, all right, I'll roll with Tom. Like, I mean, he shouldn't be on the waivers. He should at least be owned. So I switched it like a day before last minute, which I went and checked the, uh, um, the notes from last week to make sure that it was in there that I didn't uh, just sub somebody else in and I did so thank God for me um, Brady outscored Goff by 21 points this week so it worked out a lot in my favor there um, Brady got 32 and a half points was the QB2 overall and brought my season total points to 92.75 which uh, in a four week average is over 23 points um, up from I think 20.1 was my average last week. So this currently, this amount <laughs> would be good enough for QB7 on the entire season in, in total points, just like based on the four guys I've streamed alone. Um, that was up from QB9 last week, and it's only 10 points total behind QB6. So I'm 10 points away from having a top six quarterback from only guys that aren't even owned. Um it's currently better than eight quarterbacks that are rocked in our league, and uh, just goes to show you, you can survive if you stream. I've gotten really lucky so far, but it's working out well. Okay, who are you picking up this week? This week, uh, there's not a lot of great matchups. I think a lot of people have some some rough teams going in, and I've got the entire COVID situation with the Titans, and he's against the Bills defense. Wentz is against Pittsburgh. Fitz Magic is against San Francisco, so I was just kind of looking at Wentz. Ugh. Um, so because of that, I'm going to roll the dice and pick, uh, captain Kirk, Kirk cousins himself from Minnesota against Seattle, just because I think they're going to put so many points. He's going to have to throw, 
Um, and then if you take out his sinker of a week in, against Indianapolis, he's actually averaged 18 points per game the other three weeks. So I think that combined with uh, getting Justin Jefferson more into the fold, and then honestly, Cooks had 20-plus points every single week. So if you just take a couple of his touchdowns out, I think he's got six on the year in four games. I mean, that production goes to the passing offense. I think Kirk's in a better situation. So not going to play lights out and get 32 Brady, but I think he'll be good enough to get 18 to 20. Right on. Cool. And that was Swimming Upstream, and we're going to be moving on to Purchase or Pass. Uh, last week, Devontae Parker um, was proposed as a top 20 wide receiver uh, versus Seattle. Uh, Jack purchased it. Josh and I both passed on it, and Josh and I were both right. Uh, we didn't do the Derrick Henry because of COVID-19. Um, the next one that was put up was Burrow and Watson both get their first win while looking like quarterback ones. Um, Josh passed it. And Josh was I, right, yeah. Josh was the one who, that was the correct one? Was that, was that? Yep. Okay, so I'm sorry, I, I must have got the notes backwards. That, uh, Burrow got his first win, but Watson got, Watson didn't win. Okay. Oh, and I see here that, um when we go back to the Devonte Parker one, the correct answer was pass. He did not make top 20 on the wide receiver, even though Josh, um, that was correct. So Josh and I were right on that one. You were wrong on that one. So I just want to make sure we got that one right. And just to make sure, uh, for the Burrow one, Burrow, he got his first win. Watson did not, even though Watson had a great fancy day with 20 plus points. Um, but, uh, Joe Burrow was um, overshadowed by um, Joe Mixon. So Jack and I both purchased it. Josh passed it, and Josh was correct on that. Is that what you're saying? Correct. Okay. Yes. Perfect. Awesome. And then with Trevor's voicemail, Jared Goff is a starter the rest of the season, and Vikings win four-plus games. I believe I purchased Jared Goff and passed on the Vikings, and we will talk about that here in – just a minute actually we'll talk about it right now do you think the vikings are going to win four plus seasons are you going to are you going to do the uh, let's do the purchase or pass right now are you still going with purchase or pass vikings win four plus games this year i do i heard you say that when i was watching it live and i was like "Ooh!" immediately hit the button that's one i disagree with they haven't looked great but i would definitely go against you on the four games or more okay all right i'm still gonna um... I'm still gonna pass on, on the four wins. It's you. You you want to you want to put it on the board, or we'll talk about that in just a little bit. Okay. Um. Okay. Jared Goff. I don't think we have to discuss it. I don't think he had a really great week last week, did he? Mm. I mean, do you have those numbers? Eleven points. So no. Yeah. No, that wasn't very good. So. That was stupid. I can't believe I purchased it. We'll see going forward. I think his matchup this week is a lot more favorable. We'll see, though. All right, so moving on. This week, Jack, We uh, let's see here. Of the un, of the five undefeated teams left, at least two of them lose this weekend. What are the five teams that are undefeated, Jack? If you would please roll those out for us real quick. Yes, so we have the Seahawks playing the Vikings, as we know. The Chiefs are 4-0 playing the Raiders. The Steelers are 3-0 playing the Eagles. And the Bills uh, Bills and Titans are playing each other 4-0 and 3-0. All 
All right, so we know one of them. On if all if all teams play this weekend, that's still up in the air. Um, the uh, one of the teams is definitely going to lose between the Titans and the Bills. Do you think? Are you purchasing or passing on two teams losing this weekend? That's the thing. I wanted to make it interesting because I know it's it's basically a game for one of them. But the problem for me is I just don't see any of the other three having a difficult time. I mean, I, we mentioned the Seahawks are going to really do anything they want to us on offense. The Chiefs are the Chiefs, and they're playing the Raiders. look good, but I don't see them getting dethroned. And uh, the Steelers with a lockdown defense are playing the Beagles. So I'm pass. I'm saying it's only good one and it's from whatever game is uh, Titans and Bills. Hey, Jack, can I just have you disable your video for right now, and then I'll just have you repeat that? Yeah. Thank you. Okay, is it better now? Yeah, that is better now. Okay, so I just basically, long story short, too lazy, didn't read, said that I am passing it because I know one of the teams is going to lose the uh, Titans and Bills game, but I just don't see the Chiefs getting dethroned by the Raiders. Seahawks will do whatever they want to the Vikings on offense, and the Steelers' defense is playing the beaten-up Eagles. So I think it's just going to be the one, and I am passing. Okay, and I'm going to purchase that. I believe that there will be two teams just for difference. All right. Um, in primetime matchups for running backs, Mike Davis outscores Todd Gurley in head-to-head this week. Jack, are you going to purchase or are you going to pass that? I am going to purchase it. I think um, the Falcons are going to throw a little bit more, and I think Mike Davis has just fit in really well for what the Panthers are go- doing right now. I'm going to purchase that one as well. I believe Mike Davis is just going to crush like he has been doing. And now we have a voicemail from our lovely listener. Oi! The name's Corey. Corey Travison. My dumb cousin Trevor was in the shower. I saw a text message on his phone asking for a voicemail. So I decided I'd play a little prank and I'd do it instead. Uh, purchase a pass this week. We're going to go with... Can Teddy Two Gloves continue the embarrassment of the Atlanta Falcons? 0-4 versus 2-2. Divisional matchup. What do you think? Purchase a pass. The Carolina Panthers this week. Let me know. Boy. All right. So we got Trevor's cousin. Thank you very much, Corey. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to call the podcast and leave us a wonderful, wonderful voicemail. Jack, what do you see between Carolina and Atlanta? Do you think that Teddy Two Gloves is going to be able to put his team on his back and embarrass the Atlanta Falcons? Purchase or pass? This is tough because, I mean, I think Teddy's going to have a great game. I actually was hoping to pick him as my stream option until uh, somebody else picked him up. But um, I think the Falcons are going to win this game, so I don't know what you would call that. I think Teddy's going to put the team on his back, but the Falcons will finally get a win. Um, I think Atlanta goes 0-5. Okay, fair enough. I think Teddy will be great, but it's not going to be enough. So I guess I would pass by that. Not only will they go 0-5, Dan Quinn will be fired after. Uh, he'll be he'll be the interesting. Next, he will be the next head to. I'll, I'll have been close. 
<laughs> All right, so that will be purchase or pass, ladies and gentlemen. We Ooh, really are going to click on that up. note. What's that? On that note, um, if you're that confident in Teddy, do you think he outscores Matt Ryan this week? Mm, you have two terrible, terrible. Oh gosh. Matt Ryan's still been no. good for the last couple of no, clunker no, weeks. No, no, he's still been good. No, I. I think I. Th- I, uh, I think what's going to happen is Carolina's defense is somehow going to make a play, and it's going to. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a shootout, but it's going to be a close game. Fantasy wise, uh, my my gut says no, but thinking about last week and how Matt Ryan underperformed last week. Yeah. Oh man, I think Matt Ryan really has hurt my fantasy team. Week. I think Matt Ryan has a bounce back team or bounce back week. Uh, I think he will. I score, do too. I think he'll score more points than what Teddy would. I was hoping I'd catch you with that one, but I do too. <laughs> I agree. Not so fast. All right, we're gonna be moving on to the water bet board. All right, so you proposed earlier that Vikings four plus games winning. I say no. You say yes. You want to bet it. I say let's do it. Put it on the board. Ooh, you can put it on the board. Yeah, I'll get that drop. Um, I I want to have a small on-air production meeting, and this is not planned. This is something that I've been thinking about uh, today when I had uh, nothing else to do. Um, yeah, keep your video on for now, and if it seems to be good, then I'll bring you back in. Yeah. Um. Okay. Are you keeping, do you have a spreadsheet of all of our water bets that we are doing or keeping track of notes yep. somehow, some way? Okay, perfect. Yeah, I'm keeping track of notes. We haven't done a lot of them, but as far as what we have done, I've got them running still. I want to propose the water bet or the water, yeah, the water bet board challenge. We have, we can workshop the name, whatever, whatever you want to call it. We will have at least one water bet each week and we will tally it up and um now i don't want to have i don't want to have i don't want to spin the wheel of water a million times i'm sure you don't want to spin the wheel of water a million times so (laughs) let's make it a game where we have a water bet challenge every week maybe two whatever Mm -hmm. whatever we want to do at the end of the year at the end of the season when everything's all said and done we tally up who won each of the water bets, okay? And then mm-hmm. the the loser of the water bet challenge will be forced to, at any point that the winner states he has, let's say, three days after receiving the text message or whatever, he has to, and we can workshop the number, all these numbers are workshoppable, I was thinking mm-hmm. like five or maybe seven different water bets that he has to record. He has to record them spinning the wheel of water, showing the world what wheel water is, and then having that water dumped on him. And we will upload it here to our YouTube channel. And that will be throughout the off season. So it can be in the wintertime. Yeah. It can be in the summertime. But it ha- all, all of your, all of your, all of the dumps of water have to be completed by next season's podcast start. So my proposal is tally it up at the end of the year. The winner picks when at almost any time he has within three days to 
have a video ready to post to our YouTube channel for um, the dumping of water on one's head. How do you feel about this water bet challenge? I like it. I'm all for it. It's reminding me of the uh, How I Met Your Mother slap bet with Barney and Marshall. Just coming up whenever. Okay, perfect. We will workshop numbers. We'll talk about it this week, and we will come back at you guys next week. And since we took up a lot of time with our water bet stuff, <laughs> um, let's just hold off on the stuff for water bets, and Deal. we can move on to it um, next week. Does that sound good? Yeah, that sounds great. All right, perfect. We are going to be moving on to our victorious secret um, portion of the of the podcast. Here we are moving along nicely. Uh, in Victoria's Secret news or notes, we have side bets again. There are going to be ten side bets total on the on the season, five dollars each. Last week was the Suck to Suck Award or the Biggest Loser, the highest scoring losing team goes to yours truly, Ryan Walters. I had the top. You're welcome. Yeah, yeah. You're thank you. That was not fun having to go against three players that put up eighty points. Um. Between the three, which is insane. You just can't recover from that. I was the top four score overall. I had a hundred I had nearly 120 points. I think it was like 118. Um, I was, I was pretty salty about it, but $5 is $5. I much, I would have much rather had the win, but I guess I'll take the side bet cred this week, week five, the Greg Jennings, he put the team on his back it is the highest overall scoring player, including quarterback. Um, I, yes, it's going to be starters. He has to be in your starting lineup to win the okay, side. Okay, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, Jack, do you have a guess for this? Yeah, I mean, I've I've kind of beat the dead horse already, but I'm picking Tyler just because of Russell Wilson. I think chances are it's going to be a quarterback, barring some crazy Joe Mixon like performance last week, but I think. Russell Wilson's going to have a real good game. And with Carson or Chris Carson banged up, I think Russell might not have some of the rushing points of all two. Okay. And my pick as well was also Tyler for pretty much that same exact reason. Russell Wilson's been on fire. He's got three targets that he can throw to. Our defense is terrible and they are just an electric offense. So my pick is also Tyler with Russell Wilson to note. You just have to select the team. You do not have to select the player that will be highest overall, but most people usually pick quarterbacks because quarterbacks do pick their quarterbacks do normally have the highest score during the week. So my guess is going to be Tyler with Russell Wilson moving on. We don't have any trades this week. That's amazing, but there are lots of trade talks going uh -huh. on within the league. Please keep up your trade talks. That would be fantastic. I would absolutely love that. Jack, we're bringing you back in here. We're going to see if things keep going. We are going to do this segment, Right Meow, if I can find it here. Do I have it? Say my name, say my oh, name. Let's try that one more time. Say my name, say my name. There we go. We got a little bit more volume out of that. This week, Jack, do we have any new team name updates? Uh, no new teams. We're still at 9, and or nine out of 12, so... Week five, the three of you that haven't done it yet are just killing me. You make me sad. Um, the only change was me, which, full disclosure, I did it. So we had something to talk about in this segment. Um, I've just been going off of whoever I pick up on the waivers and trying to come up with one on my own. But I did the uh, pickup of Justin Jackson, so I switched it to, I'm sorry, Miss Jackson, I am for real. All right. And that concludes Team <laughs> Name Update. <laughs>
All right, we're going to be moving on to our noteworthy ad drops. Uh, this week, like you just said, Justin Jackson went for $26. Uh, Jack also purchased Tom Brady for $22. Ryan Herman picked up Dearness Johnson for $15. I also put in a bid for Dearness Johnson as well, but I did not get him. I spent $15 to pick up my Latavius Murray again, even though he's a backup. Uh, I had to drop him last week due to COVID-19 related issues, and now I have to pick him back up. I was kind of salty about that, but that's fine. Foster picked up Scotty Miller for $5, and he also picked up Tim Patrick, which is a Denver wide receiver, for $5. Foster spent all sorts of money this week, spent $2 on Steven Goskowski. <laughs> Alex picked up the Cardinals defense for $2, and Ryan Herman picked up Cameron Brait for $0. Jack, you have any notes or reflections on this list whatsoever um just really quick i apparently decided to spend a lot of money this week and went and spent 48 bucks so i'm down pretty quickly but i couldn't pass on my favorite player being on waivers it's a travesty that he's even down there and he put up 32 points last week and looking great tonight so i'm pumped i got him in case matt ryan's a little shaky um Dearness Johnson, like you said, I think he's going to be a solid pickup. He could be a one-two punch with Kareem while Chubb's out. And then my favorite pickup, just for the value alone, is Ryan getting Cameron Brait for zero bucks. Um, just with the OJ Howard falling down, I think Brait might have some chances. And tight end's a crapshoot that's always terrible this year. So um, I like that one as a, a flyer. All right, right on. We are going to be moving into victory formation. That means that I'm going to be doing this here. Gonna be pulling this up over here. And I think we are going to be set. And we are going to start with uh Katie versus Tyler. I will start us off here. Alright, Katie. Katie lost a nail biter. 93.22 to Tyler's 95.6. On Katie's side, she had Lamar Jackson, 25 points. Alvin Kamara, 17.9 points. Uh, Will Fuller, 16.8 points, and that pretty much wraps it up for her team. Over on Tyler's side, Russell Wilson had 20.9 points. Delvin Cook had 26.6 points. Chris Carson had 22 points, and that pretty much wraps it up. Tyler having essentially three players bring him to the promised land, and then the rest of his team doing nothing else. What else is new? Katie had a solid balance showing, but still surprised that um, Jonathan Taylor and DJ Moore are not performing as noted. We are going to be moving on to Ben versus Jordan. Jack, what do you got? Uh, yeah, Ben pretty much almost doubled Jordan's score, 123.2 to 62.4. So brutal for Jordan's team, who looked really good to start 2-0, and now he's suddenly at 2-2, two two, which is kind of scary. Um, Ben's just continuing doing what he does best. Jordan getting zero points out of Calvin Ridley, not even having a catch was just brutal, and then having... Eckler go down for potentially several weeks is really, really rough for him. Uh, he had no chance to win this week anyways, but when your top two of your top guys basically give you nothing, it hurts. Uh, ben rolled on with every single player getting double digits, as you guys can see, except for his kicker and Nick Chubb, who probably the only reason he didn't do that is because he got hurt. So I'm kind of worried about Ben's running back depth. I talked, I think, last week about if Jones and Chubb can just do this every single week, he can't really be stopped. But now Chubb being on IR and his next best options are uh, – uh, McKinnon probably, and then Moser is going to be coming back either this week or next. So McKinnon really doesn't have a long shelf life either. So kind of interesting to see what Ben's going to do going forward to fill that gap. All right, moving on. We have Alex versus Cassie just because it's up in the 
pictures. I forgot to name them correctly. So we got Cassie. She had lost to Alex. 86.98 points to 94.42. Alex coming out on top. Alex having Kyler Murray with 23.12. Kareem Hunt having 19.1. Kenny Galladay having 12.2 points. Uh, Devin Singletary having a nice showing with 13.7. His defense, 10 points. Over on Cassie's side, uh, there was Dak Prescott with an amazing 37.28 points. Cooper Cup having 12.7 points. Tyreek Hill, 12.4 points. Uh, Alex is playing great defense this year with only a quarter teams breaking 97 plus points against him. That's, um, you know, he's kind of had a weak schedule, so some people are wondering why he's only 2-2. Two and two. But whatever, going off for Cassie was Dak as normal. He is having an amazing season. Um, I don't know if people are thinking that he's going to be a top five quarterback, but I definitely think that he is going to be a top three quarterback. So Cassie, hats off to you and your pick for Dak Prescott. All right, we're going to be moving on. And the next one is going to be Josh versus Jay. Yeah. Number one team versus uh, number 12 team. So it went about as we expected, 92.7 to 67.8. Uh, Rogers got Jay 30 points, basically, and then the rest of his team does nothing. So same old, same old there. Um, Josh stays alive despite getting the eighth high score this week. Um, kind of a lower output for him who's been dominant so far. Um, but this was, I mean, he put up 92.7 points even without Zeke and Hopkins really doing much. So that's, you know, shows his depth and like he only needs a couple of guys to go off to be just fine. Mandrews, one of his favorites with another two touchdown performance. But uh, while he had a great week this week, I've kind of been surprised that he hasn't been used more this year, like in the passing yardage wise. He's had two games with two touchdowns each, but he's had, I think, 38 or 40 points total and 24 of those are just from touchdowns. So great, but not a lot of yardage compared to last year. Also, just a quick thing to point out, Josh, when I was listening to the podcast last week, I can't help but notice that you mentioned um, you don't listen to the pod because it's a curse and now you were forced to listen because you were, you know, doing it live. Um, you not only listened, but co-hosted it and you still won. So I feel like the curse is probably over. Not only Question won, mark. he crushed. He crushed. I mean, not only, not only did he win, but he crushed. So yeah, curse has got to be over. So Definitely. All right, we're going to be moving on. Keep sliding. Go, we already did Katie versus Tyler. And all right, so then there's me versus Foster. That's not right. Sorry, nope. that's Ryan versus Foster. Ryan versus Foster. Ryan versus Foster. That's my bad. Uh, here we go. Ryan versus Foster. Ryan had a disappointing week scoring 75.6 points to... Foster's 123.4. Ryan Fitzpatrick for Foster had 21.3 points. Melvin Gordon had 23.8 points. Adam Thielen had 18.2 points. Terry McLaurin had 11.8 points. George Kittle, 25.1 points. I'm sure Tyler's disappointed that he traded him away. Over on Ryan's side, Joe Burrow had 15 points. Gross. Todd Gurley, nice 18.3 performance. Devontae Parker, 11 points. Tyler Lockett having a disappointing week with 3.9 points, and that pretty much is going to wrap it up for Ryan's team. Uh, Foster's team is scary, uh, so let's not mess with them. I have to face him this week. Spoiler, um, I'm scared. But, um, you know, we'll see what's going to happen. That pretty much is going to wrap it up for Ryan and Foster. Jack, I'm sure your team is the last one. Against me. So why don't you go first? Yeah. 
and we'll talk a little bit about it. Sure. Um, honestly, it, it sucks because you put up a really, really good week. I think you were the third highest scorer, third or fourth, but putting up 152.7 against you, you didn't, I mean, you texted me halfway through the noon games, which is where I got all my points. You were like, well, good game, I guess. So this one was over quickly. Um, I was texting Tyler about it and he confirmed the uh, high score ever for our league, at least recorded is 155 by Kevin. So I was texting him all Monday night being like, come on, Matt Ryan, just throw a touchdown, please. Um, so I barely missed that by like two points, but he said there it's one of only three teams that have ever scored 150 plus points. So I'm in that elite club and uh, insane that that's near the high that anybody's ever had. Um, Mixon and OBJ, both three weeks of mediocrity for me and then just exploded with 33 and 36 points. And then my other two receivers still getting 16 and 20 or 21. So my five flex guys alone had nine touchdowns between them. It's just just like everything collided and came together at the right time. So it felt really good. Yeah, it was a tough matchup. Um, we both had a ton of points. It was a high-scoring matchup of the week. I had the fourth most points this week. Um, I was really... Happy with some of my players. Uh, Josh Allen having another nice week with 25.5 points. Uh, Mike Evans having uh, 18.2 points. Uh, Mike Davis coming through with 17.1 points. So my team was doing it well, but not as good as your team. I mean, you got you had OBJ put up 33.4. DJ Chark coming back having 21.5. Uh, your, uh, your kicker had 17 points. Uh, let's see here. Who else am I missing? Uh, Allen Robinson had 16. Oh, Joe Mixon. Yeah, he had a measly 36 points. So just a tough, tough matchup overall. Congratulations, Jack. Uh, you should still be scared of me because I still think my team is very, very good. So we're going to be moving on. We have the undefeated club, Josh. Congratulations. You are still undefeated. The only one at 4-0. You play. Who do you play this week? Do you play Tyler? No, that's not right, is it? Yeah. Yeah, he does. He plays Tyler. So yeah, he does play Tyler. It's going to be good. It's going to be a great matchup, and we're going to preview that, preview that here very, very shortly. Um, good luck this week, Josh, against Tyler. Speaking of records, we are going to be going into our standings, so I'm going to transition right over to this, and you can see our standings up here on the board. We have Josh at 4-0, Tyler and Ben at 3-1, then there is one, two, three, four, five, six players. That's Walters, Jack, Foster, Ryan, Jordan, Alex in that order, who are at two and two. Katie and Cassie are at one and three. And Jay is 0 and four at the bottom. Jay, get your tennis shoes or your cleats ready. Get your gym shorts ready. You're doing combine <laughs> drills, I'm pretty sure. I would be amazed if Jack or Jay did not have to do combine drills just to recap real quick the top six are josh tyler ben walters jack and foster those six are going to the playoffs if the playoffs were to start today and they don't so that doesn't really matter but it's always fun to talk about all right we are going to be moving back on to our weekly pick them or the league and i'm just going to try and get set up here real quick uh in the meantime, as long as the two podcast hosts are still in the top six, it's a good day. Oh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, I'm happy. It's way better that. than us being the bottom two last year. Yeah, last year was rough. I'm not going to lie. It was definitely tough. So we've got, we are ready to move on to our 
weekly pick them. Uh, as of right now, Ryan is in first place with 21 points, but Cassie and Katie are also have 21 points, so they are tied with Ryan. Jack and Jordan both have 20, so right on their heels. Alex and Tyler. Alex has 15, Tyler has 14, and then I am in last place with 11 points. To most people, there is no surprise there whatsoever. <laughs> that is going to make us roll right into our matchup previews so let's do this and we're gonna do that and we're gonna do that away and boom i did do these in order so we should be able to Yay. do that all no problem so let's get rid of that we're gonna what do you want to do are you running through the the check marks and i do a couple of notes or how uh how yeah and i don't know why but my stuff just went a real quick. That's not what I was hoping for. I don't know why it did that. Do 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 do. Okay, and we're back. Perfect. Let's just check with graph. All right. All right. Sick. I can actually kind of read this now, so that's will be. This will be nice. We have Ben versus Katie. Ben is... No, I'm sorry. Katie is your 14.5 point uh, favorite from ESPN. Is that Am I reading that right? That is right. I can't believe it. Wow, that that's is. a lot. And is actually, I, I'm sorry. That is not or... Ben. That's not Ben. Yeah, it is Ben. Gosh, Jay's, Jay's yeah, name, Jay, and, Jay and Ben are... I know. And you know, and you know why that this is like this? It's because... Ben doesn't have Chubb, and who did he have Julio? Yes, he had Julio. Okay, all right. No, so, he has Aaron Jones, who's on a bye. <laughs> oh, and Jones, who's on a bye. Okay, all right, all right. So now that, that I'm done, sense. now that I'm done being derailed, I'm just going to start from the top again. So Katie has a 14 and a half point advantage from ES, or uh, has, is the favorite from ESPN. She has the advantage at quarterback with Lamar Jackson. The running, uh, the running back one and two with Alvin Kamara and Jonathan Taylor. She also holds the advantage at flex with David Johnson. Over on Ben's side, Ben has the advantage at wide receiver one and two with Amari Cooper and DK Metcalf, and the tight end with Dalton Schultz. Jack, what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, uh, like I just said, it's a brutal week for Ben. I mean, he loses Chubb, and then. Uh, Aaron Jones is on a bye week, so you lose your top two performers in the same week. I mean, you'll have Jones the rest of the year, but I don't think who's he have Alexander Madison and uh, Jarek McKinnon is his two options. Yep. So I don't yep. think that's going to be the same. You're going to have a drop off there. And Katie's team is basically at full strength. Um, looking at it though, I do really like most of Ben's matchups for each player. Like Metcalf should be great versus Minnesota. Cooper's going against. The Giants, Deshaun's against Jacksonville. So, I mean, I think all of his guys are going to have good shots, and I think he's going to definitely outperform or outscore what his projection at, like, 84 is. But um, I'm curious. He's got A.J. Brown on his bench who's supposed to come back this week. So I'm kind of wondering if he's going to start him over, like, maybe bump Jefferson up to your – I don't know. You probably have to replace Jefferson. That doesn't make sense either. Yeah, he's got some good receivers, but rough running backs. Um, Katie on the other side, she did have a problem with tight end because uh, Fant was doubtful and uh, – Hawkinson's on by, but I see that she keeping with tradition for her team, like the start of the year when picked up a third tight end again. So she's got Greg Olson, at least somebody to play, but 
man, Katie, it's a lot of tight ends. I don't know. Um, I think all five of her running backs and receivers are just going to be solid. I can see all five of them getting 10 plus points easily. I think overall I'm predicting Katie um, just because Ben's got a rough, rough starting core of running backs. So with Katie starting a tight end now, she should have this in the bag pretty easy. Right on. All right. There are one, two, three, four, five. There are five out of eight teams picking Katie. Ryan is selecting Katie as Stone Cold Lock of the Century. People who picked Katie were Cassie, Jack, Ryan, Tyler, and myself to win this matchup. Moving on to the next matchup. We have Tyler versus Josh. This is definitely going to be the matchup of the week. Um, We've already stated it. And here is how it's going to shake out as of right now. Josh is the 12.8 point favorite. Uh, According to ESPN, he has the advantage at running back one with Ezekiel Elliott. He has the advantage at wide receiver one and two with DeAndre Hopkins and Deontay Johnson. He holds the advantage at tight end with Mark Andrews and the flex with Ronald Jones over on Tyler's side. He has the advantage at quarterback with Russell Wilson. He has the running back two advantage with Chris Carson, and that will do it for Tyler's the preview of Tyler's matchup. Jack, what do you see in this matchup? Yeah, like you said, this is my favorite matchup this week, too. Um, it's currently number one in the number two teams on the leaderboard. So one or two options, either Josh I think gets knocked off and gets his loss, or Tyler, who's a team that, in my opinion, should easily should be 4-0, and um, so could be 5-0 and after this week. Um, could end up dropping to three and two. So yeah, it's somebody's going to get a loss that really is better than, or like they deserve to not lose this week with how good they're both playing. It's also funny too. I think I was talking to somebody about this, but I feel like most weeks or most years um, we've had seasons, Tyler wins a lot of games that he's not supposed to. Like he had one year, either a year or two ago that uh, he beat Ryan with like a 60 point score. So it's just like Tyler gets some of these lucky wins. But then this year, he's just getting screwed. Like, he should be the top team, I feel like, right now. But he's just played really, really tough teams as well. So kind of kind of flipping the script on him a little bit. He's just had a tough schedule. Um, overall, I think their teams are pretty equal across the board. Like, they match up well position by position. Both their QBs and running back ones are phenomenal. Um, while their one, wide receiver twos, uh, Debo Samuel and Deontay Johnson, feel like kind of the wild card X factors to me. So those will be the two to watch. If either of them can kind of have a lights out game, I think that'll swing it for them. Uh, looking up just kind of overall though, I feel like I like Josh's wide receiver one, his tight end and his flex more. So my heart says Tyler, cause I think 